0: The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad, pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day
1: experience.
0: This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato lead sports columnist for the Commercial Appeal. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer. Uh, We are coming to you the morning after Memphis pulls off the huge 92-78 upset of number six Alabama, a season-saving win uh, after the Tigers go on a— we're on a four-game losing streak— um, and it started uh, what uh, what appears to be a huge week for Memphis basketball because now that they've beat Alabama they got the ship righted now comes a-, a huge rivalry game against Tennessee Saturday in Nashville so on uh, today's episode this week's episode we will rehash what happened uh, when Memphis lost its fourth straight game to Murray State what happened between between then and when they pulled off the upset over Alabama last night, and then we'll get you ready for that game in Nashville against Tennessee. Before we do that, let me tell you about the new sports app we've launched as a part of our USA Today family. USA Today Sports Plus is the new sports app that puts the fans first. Get the latest scores, stats, and standings, and enjoy interactive experiences with our award-winning sports writers. Download USA Today Sports Plus from the Apple or Google Play stores today. USA Today Sports Plus fan heart. Uh, Jason, let's start today's episode like this. Um, we, we were just talking, I was just mentioning fans there. It was an incredible experience watching Memphis find itself in that Alabama game. Um, you were re-watching it this morning. I guess, do you have a uh, favorite experience, favorite moment from that from from that win last night? Was it the obvious one, that 12-0 run where Tyler Harris is bombing threes and the place is going bananas? Uh, what, what was your favorite moment? What was it like for you? How would you describe the experience being there last night?
1: Yeah, nobody was fanning harder than uh, Memphis Tiger fans last night at, at about what about 905 915 something like that uh local times it was it was uh
0: it i can i can probably tell you because i tweeted holy s at the moment it was happening hold on i'll tell you exactly <laughs> what time it was <laughs> all right well
1: while you're while you're looking that up, i mean
0: yeah that was it that was the obvious
1: uh you know tyler harris
0: um just 9:27 p.m. There you go. That was after the second one? Yes.
1: Okay. So, I mean, yeah, again, that those that, that those two plays um are going to be the ones that and especially the second one. I mean, you, you you talk, I mean, I don't know if you can call a three-pointer or any play a dagger when there's still 10 minutes left in a, in a game. But that's what it felt like. I mean, it felt like there was no shot for Alabama to come back and and get back into that game. I mean, they kind of did, but like they never really did, even though they had they cut the lead to what I think seven or eight or nine at some point. They're pretty late. Um, yeah. You just never, it, it was, it, you never felt like it was, uh, um, sustainable for for alabama i mean you know memphis was riding a wave uh unlike they've ridden unlike one that they've ridden and in, in quite some time um but but you know while those were the splashy plays there were a lot of really under the radar uh moments uh, during that game I, the one that jumped off the screen at me first uh was was about I don't know midway a little more than midway through the first half when uh Memphis w- just you know put put together an an extremely good defensive series uh on one end of the floor. The Alabama's up 27 24. I'm actually watching it on a loop right now. Um Alabama's up 27 24 about 7 40 to go. Uh Memphis gets gets a turnover Uh, Tyler Harris from beyond the three-point line finds a streaking DeAndre Williams with uh, with an alley-oop. It cuts the lead to one, but it felt like that was like the moment where you thought, okay, this is not going. Memphis is is not going to get run out of here. They're not going down without a without a serious fight. uh, If if they were going to lose and and if they were going to win, this might be the the moment where uh, the spark, you know, um, that's, that's kind of how I look at that play. Um, Yeah. So that, that was, that was just one of many, I thought uh, unsung hero type plays uh, that Memphis had last night.
0: Well, and look, here's reality one that the team played their butts off the the whole game Uh, defensively. They hounded those. I mean, those four awesome guards that, Alabama has Jaden Shackelford, Keon Ellis, um, Javon Quinterly, uh, and and, uh, JD Davison. I believe those guys were a combined... um, Let's see here. I mean, they were... Keon Ellis was the only one who shot above... shot 50% or better from the field. He was 7 of 14. Shackelford was 4 of 12. Quinterly was four of eleven and JD Davison was three of six. Um so you held those guys, you know, for them largely, you know, in check. I mean those that those those guys combined for 49 points. Um and they've been averaging more like in the 60 to 70 range in as with you know like they are the they are the engine in a, most of these games for Alabama so defensively you were pretty good all things considered I know Alabama got 78 points but they hit some threes late um and for about 35 minutes that game Memphis was really good defensively um two I mean let's just be honest Penny did what he should have done games ago he shortened the rotation I mean in the second half only eight guys played and really in the last 10, 12 minutes of that game, he was only going with six guys. Right. Um, and you look at the minutes, you know, he played 10 total, but Minot only played four minutes. Jaden Hardaway played two minutes. Earl Timberlake was hurt and didn't play. Um, and Landers Nolly played 35 minutes. DeAndre Williams played 32 minutes. Jalen Duran played 27 minutes. Lester played 26. Lomax played 30. Um, Amani Bates, he sat Amani Bates for the last 14 minutes, 43 seconds of that game because, you know, I guess it was a little bit because of what Amani was doing, but it was mostly just the veterans riding the veteran lineup plus Jalen Duran was when this team looked its best. And I just thought, and that doesn't mean that's what, how they're going to look their best in every game, but I thought Penny for the first time all season made the hard rotational choices that coaches just have to make. You can't play everyone. Um, And he did. And I thought it was to the team's benefit. I don't think it's any coincidence that Landers, Nolly and Deandre Williams had their best game of the year when they played the most minutes and like you're all conference guys looked like all conference guys again. And I think an underrated part of their game last night, you know, Landers got off to the hot start, which helped Memphis shooting. He didn't shoot the ball well other than that, that hot start. Um, DeAndre was great throughout. Was like the junkyard dog that he was last year. Kind of doing all sorts of stuff on the court. But did you notice each of them had six assists and one turnover? Both Landers and DeAndre. Like, they, they were the catalyst throughout the night and not just scoring the ball. Um, also, Landers had four steals. DeAndre had three steals. I mean, yeah. they were just – the two of them were just fantastic. And, you know, again, Memphis's all-conference players played like all-conference players. Um, and then they shot free throws well. They shot 80% from the free throw line, 20-25. to 25. They only had six turnovers after halftime. I and mean, this was the team we thought we were going to see all year. And – It came not a moment too soon. I mean, I don't think it's hyperbolic saying this win saved the season because this thing was teetering on the edge of disaster. You were trending in a terrible direction. And with one win, you kind of, you know, set the stage at least to flip the entire narrative of the season. Because if you can can now take this and use it and build on it and beat Tennessee and Nashville – Well, right there, you've got two marquee wins that very few teams in the country would have at at this point. Um, And and it it erases a good amount of the damage you did to your profile with those four losses. So um, can't really understate how, how big time that win was last night for Memphis. They played awesome. Penny coached a hell of a game. And they did it with, you know, a bright spotlight on them with a lot of pressure on them. Um, And I I think it's a really good sign. I, you know, it's the type of win, you know, maybe it's a one-time deal, but it is, you know, these feel like oftentimes the type of wins that are used to propel a team through the rest of a season. Like, you know, a lot of times one game can change a lot of things and, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is that one game.
1: So two quick questions. Our producer, Ray Padilla, and I were talking about this before you got on, um, and you kind of alluded to it, so it, it may, I, I felt like it was a good time to bring it up. Uh, how much of the damage that Memphis did to itself in that four-game losing streak does this win sort of, like, neutralize or erase? Is it is it one loss? Is its is it two of the losses? Is it, like...
0: Well, it's it. Well, first of all, it's hard. It's hard to judge these things in a vacuum, just because some of it depends on what other teams around the country do. Like you know, right. when you're on the ball and stuff like that. But and it also depends on you know, for instance, Virginia Tech is now seven and four. Like, how good does that win look at the end of the year? Is Virginia Tech a tournament team like people expect them to be? You know, does Georgia turn it around? Does it? You know, does Ole Miss? Look, you know, do they look better at, you know, how do they do an SEC play? Like some of it depends on, you know, you know, does, is Murray State the best team in the OVC? You know, some of it depends on what those teams look like by the end of the year that Memphis lost to. I, I would just say this. Typically, when you're going into the tournament. These the committee, the number one thing they look at is who did you beat, okay? And if Memphis had not beaten Alabama, had not won either game this week, there would be be the same stuff they went through last year where even if they were good, even if they got really good at the end of conference play, the committee would look at their resume and other than Houston, go, well, who did they beat? You know, like... Bad losses are bad losses. I would say, no loss Memphis suffered was a quad four loss, so it wasn't totally catastrophic. But you have to offset those. You know, like I would say, like the Alabama win probably like erases like one and a half of those bad losses that you had. You know, yeah. like of those. That that's how I would look at it. And if you lose to Tennessee, like you can probably, you know, if you have a good conference run. If you win the, you know, if you're like, you know, at the top of the conference with a win over Houston, you can probably, you know, that's probably something that might be a good enough profile to get in the NCAA tournament, um, you know, but if you beat both Tennessee and Alabama, well, now you've given yourself a little more wiggle room, it feels like to me, because again, you've got those two wins plus the Virginia Tech win. Well, that kind of, you know, you feel like you might have offset the the setbacks you had. Um But the reality is, you look at the AAC right now. Houston's good again, um, but there is no other team in the AAC ranked in the top fifty of Ken Palm besides Memphis and Houston. Like you are just, they're going to look at a win over like a win over Wichita State, a win over Cincinnati, a win over SMU, a win over UCF. Like the committee's not. I don't think that's really going to impress the committee that much. Now, the The accumulation of those wins, Will, you know, like they show the committee showed last year with Wichita State, Wichita State got a share of the conference regular season title. And and I feel like that's what got them in the tournament as a play in team uh, as an at large bit was like I think the committee respected the body of work in winning the conference. But I don't think they respect a lot of the individual wins you get in the conference, if that makes sense um and so uh that's why last night was so important because this is Alabama's a good team. I mean Alabama's going to be a top 25 team all year long. Yeah. This is going to be a win you are going to be able to hang your hat on. Um I I think the Tennessee game will be the same thing if you can get that and and you know right there you can you know cuz wh- why the Alabama win feels so important is like you lost to George and Ole Miss who are probably going to be bottom tier sec teams this year well now you beat a top tier sec team saturday you get a chance to beat another top tier sec team so now the committee can't look at your resume and go man they're not as they're not even as good as the the bottom tier sec teams now they look at it and go well they lost two sec road games but then afterwards they went and beat two of the best teams in the sec on a home floor and a neutral site you know Mm -hmm. like so that that's how I would look at it as as a Memphis fan. But more importantly than how it helps their resume, and and like when I say save their season, I think it's because they show like they you know we saw last night like you saw it you know what I mean like you saw how they need to play, who should be playing like it's very obvious now, and and it and you know when you get a monumental win like that it reinforces it to everyone involved, whether it's the players or the coaches like Amani Bates only played 15 minutes last night, but you know what? Like you're not going to hear, it's not going to be that big of an issue as long as they're winning, you know, like, and who's to say he's going to play 15 minutes the next game. But like, I like the fact that Penny recognized, you know what? Like we're rolling with this group and it didn't matter that Amani Bates is this number one recruit in the country. and, you know, the chosen one, whatever you want to say, like Penny went with what was actually working, not what theoretically, you know, might, you know, might what theoretically should work, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think it's probably, you know, for now, I mean, you know, Amani hasn't played well for a while now. And like, you, you I don't think you want to be, I don't think he needs to be in a featured role right now. I think... Um, you know, I just don't think it was a coincidence that, um, the game where Landers and DeAndre and the veterans played the most minutes and were like in featured roles and weren't pulled from the game, like every, you know, every other minute was the game. Memphis looked the best it has all year. Um, and so hopefully... They recognize the formula that worked in this game because it feels like it's a formula that can work in every game the rest of the season. And this team can really get on a roll. And and by, you know, a month from now, you know, we're not even we, we forget that we even went through the four game losing streak that they went through.
1: So is this the best version of this Memphis team or can they be better? Is it possible that Memphis could could play better than they did last night?
0: Oh, sure. I mean, they were only uh, 8 of 23 from three-point range. Like, they only shot 34.8%. Not bad, but not great either. Um, You know, they, you know, Amani only played 15 minutes. And I think he's, you know, I think, you know, I I think this is going to be good for him in that now maybe he can ease into into a more secondary role with this team. But, like, I think by the end of the year, he could, you know, like, I don't think you should just dismiss how talented he is or how talented people think he is um, just because he's looked, you know, not quite ready for all of this. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what it does to how Penny treats the rotation. If once Earl Timberlake comes back because he didn't have him, um, theoretically, he could add something to the mix. Now, you know, does that, you know, do you want? was part of the reason they were so successful that Penny didn't have that option at his disposal. And, you know, it it enabled him to more easily go with fewer guys. That's, you know, that's a good question. Um, But uh, I I think they can play better. They still had 17 turnovers last night overall. Um, And so, um, but they did score 1.2.1 points per possession, which is excellent. Right. Um, and they did shoot well from three point range. Um, I mean, they got, I think they got out rebounded. Is that right? No, yeah. they, they, oh, no they won out. the rebounding battle.
1: Yeah. Plus two. So you brought up Earl Timberlake and I want to get to that real quick. I, I uh, did some reporting after the game last night and found out that, um, found out that, uh, that the way it was described to me is, uh, he probably could have played and I, I put this out on Twitter earlier today, Earl Timberlake probably could have played last night, but uh, Memphis uh, knew what kind of game this was going to be. They, they, they understood and recognized that it was going to be a track meet and that's exactly what it was. And they didn't want Earl Timberlake on a bad wheel um, or a less than 100% wheel uh, having to, they didn't want to have to rely on him uh, and, and, the aforementioned uh, problematic knee uh, that he hurt against Murray state. Uh, they didn't have want to have to rely on that. They didn't want to put him in that situation. So they just held him out. I don't, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was for precautionary reasons, but I don't think that the issue is serious. I think that he'll probably be uh, back sooner rather than later. Uh, Maybe the only game he misses. Um, and then, uh, uh, right behind that, it sounds like Chandler Lawson is much closer to returning than a lot of people uh, uh, projected. I mean, there there was talk that uh, a week or two ago there was talk uh, that that he might not be ready to play. Um, but it sounds like, based on what I was told, based on conversation I had last night uh, with a source, that uh, he is he is got a good chance to play Saturday against Tennessee or at least be available um, Saturday against Tennessee. So that will be something to keep an eye on. Does the rotation, does Penny Hardaway when he gets two more guys back uh, available, you know, does that affect how he handles his substitutions and his rotations? We'll see.
0: Le- less is more. Less is more. Honestly, I um, you know, Ultimately, it shouldn't be adding guys to the rotation. It should be if he decides someone's a better fit, it should be yeah. replacing guys in the rotation. Like I have that's no right. problem with Earl Timberlake or Chandler Lawson playing moving forward. They're both, I think, uh, players that give you uh, give you a certain skill set that's very helpful. Um, <clears throat> but it should be like Chandler Lawson instead of Malcolm Dandridge, if that's what you decide, or mm-hmm. Earl Timberlake instead of
1: uh whatever Lester uh,
0: But yeah, whatever. Like i don't I don't think you should be adding to the rotation. You should be replacing people in the rotation. So and if that means Chandler and and Earl are out, so be it. Like, you know what I mean? For now. Like you, you I don't think you want to mess with what you struck on uh, uh on Tuesday because the team I saw on Tuesday looked awesome. Um <laughs> so um, and, and I know we heard it, the, the big talk after the game was the, play, I love my, I love me a good players only meeting, Jason.
1: Oh um, yeah. Absolutely. And,
0: and Memphis had one, uh, on Monday, it sounds like it was called by DeAndre and Alex Lomax. Um, I have no idea if that actually matters. Um, what matters is that they believe it matters. You know what I mean? Like, right. so, um, you know, like ultimately the reason they won that game I don't think it's because they had a players only meeting. It's because they cut down the rotation. Uh They played good defense. They didn't turn the ball over Um, those sorts of things. Um, But if they, if they believe that the, the, the players only meeting is what did all that. So, so be it. good. Good. I'm just, I, yeah, I, I, fine. Like, that's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, but, but, you know, that being said, by all accounts, um, even before the game, uh, you know, Penny was telling TV people, he was talking on radio uh, Monday night, um, just about, you, you could, there, he was conveying a sense of calm and a yeah. uh, sense of relief. Um, and 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 i think that permeated throughout the program uh and 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 i don't I, I you know he he's telling people that when he saw his players emerge from that meeting hugging high-fiving laughing uh you know it it, it he was he uh, he was bowled over with relief and um so I yeah I do think that 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 narrative sometimes is is a little played out but it does seem genuine in this case.
0: Well, so now the Tigers are 6 and 4 with a big one against Tennessee coming up on Saturday in Nashville, 11 a.m. tip. Um Tennessee I believe is the number 1 team in the country in terms of def- defensive efficiency right now. Um Let me double-check that. You are correct. They are number one in the country in defensive efficiency right now. Number 10 in Ken Palm, 8-2 record. Um, They beat USC Upstate the other night. Um, They have a win over UNC this year and Colorado um, and losses to Villanova and Texas Tech. And... um, it's an interesting game in this sense. Um, one, it's the last one on the books between Memphis and Tennessee at this point. So this is the third game in that three-game series that Rick Barnes and Tubby Smith agreed to. Um, and this two schools have not agreed to play uh, moving forward, uh, I would say, yet. Uh, I don't know. You know or, or it's up in the air whether this series is going to continue moving forward, I guess is probably the best way to put it. Um, especially given the, uh, the back and forth between Penny and Rick Barnes a a few years ago. Um, but, um, for now it's a, it's, it should be a really cool, uh, experience in Nashville. I'm guessing there will be more Tennessee fans than Memphis fans there. Um, but it'll be a, you know, hopefully it'll be a split crowd to some, to some degree. Um. And it's it's an opportunity. I mean, now Tennessee is ahead of Alabama in Kenpom, so this would be, you know, uh, it, certainly an equally impressive win if Memphis can pull it off. And and I thought going into it, um, like I've I've only watched Tennessee play twice this year, and it happened to be both their losses when they scored fifty three points against Villanova and fifty two against Texas Tech, like. I feel like Tennessee's gettable in like a dogfight type of game. Um, and uh that's what I think this is gonna be. I think it's gonna be a lot like that game in Knoxville a few years ago, a couple years ago that Memphis won, where it was like in the 50s. Um, I think point, you know, both teams are gonna be amped up. It's gonna be a defense, you know, defensive, grinded out battle. That's what I would suspect at least. Um, but I think, you know. I thought even before Memphis beat Alabama that they could maybe get Tennessee this week just because again, a team that is prone to offensive inefficiency like Tennessee seems to be occasionally, um, that that plays into Memphis's strengths a little bit. Um, and uh now, now that Memphis has beat shown that what they did against Alabama, I mean, certainly this is a game. Uh, I, I would say it's not must win. You know, at this point, Um, but again, I I think if you can get this win and then that means you'll be eight and four coming, you know, presuming you beat Alabama State eight and four coming out of non-conference play uh, with two wins to these two wins to close it out. I mean, that's, you know, it's not the perfect position to be in, but you're in a pretty, I actually think all things considered, you're in a decent spot heading into conference play.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, so let's we're talking about the Ken Palm rankings. Let's not ignore the net rankings that have been updated since last night. Uh, Memphis actually jumped from seventy seventh to fifty eighth with uh, just just the win over Alabama. Um, Alabama fell from eleventh to eighteenth. Um, so Alabama was eleven in the net going in uh, to last night's game. Tennessee is going into this game sixth in the net. So you would think that uh, beating the number six team in the net would um, have a similar uh, – if not Where's
0: Virginia Tech in the net right now? Uh,
1: give me a second. Virginia Tech. Uh,
0: uh, 35. So that means right now Memphis has two quad one wins over Alabama and Virginia Tech and could get a third quad one win over Tennessee on Saturday. For reference, you know how many quad one wins Memphis had last year? Zero. 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 Um, And I want to say they had zero the year I think they had one the year before.
1: Yeah, so, Uh, yeah, like, as you said, the eight and four record isn't the prettiest thing to look at, um, and, and you can't. You know, I don't think anybody's ever going to forget the uh, feeling of dread and misery uh, during that four-game losing streak. Especially when you look at, you know, a home loss to Murray State, a loss to uh, uh, a loss at Georgia. Um, but you know, if they can, if they can pull it off, if they can pull off a sweep of, you know, two top fifteen teams in the same week. Uh, then this season takes on a whole new, it's, it's turned right back on its head again after getting turned on its head with that four game losing streak.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a fun time now. And and then you've got, you've got all sorts of subplots. You got obviously the. The Penny Rick Barnes thing—I know they've kind of—they, you know—that subsided a little bit, but ultimately that—that—that that, that happened. That didn't—that happened a couple of years ago, a few years ago, and it's still on everyone in the back of everyone's minds. The balled-up fists and all that. Um, got Kennedy Chandler, a Memphis guy, as the point guard for Tennessee, one of their best players this year. Um, a you know a player who. You know, frankly, when you look at what Memphis has gone through this season and its roster player, you know, you would have preferred to have been on Memphis, to be honest, like like a player they probably needed. Um, And ultimately, uh, he picked um, Tennessee. Um, They've got they've got, you know, other than him, you know, John Fulkerson is like a 17th year senior for them. He's like their DeAndre Williams, Um, you know. You've got, uh, you know, a bunch of juniors, Santiago, Vescovi. Um, you, you got a bunch of guys who have played in a lot of, uh, played in a lot of good game, big games over the years. You got an experience, a team that's been through some battles together. Uh, at least a few of their players have. Um, and so that is going to be, um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But like I said, it feels like it's going to be, it could be like a defensive battle. Um, Although I will say, you know, in terms of Tennessee, what they do well offensively is they don't turn the ball over a lot and they offensive rebound well, but they are a poor free throw shooting team. Um, So that's something. And they're not, a. they're like an average three point shooting team. So um, it'll be a, Yeah, I think it's one of it's like I said, I think it's just going to be one of those close rivalry games where just like two years ago, two years ago in Knoxville team that makes the plays in the last couple minutes of the game is the one who's going to win it. Um, But a goal like this, this highlights why it's important to have a good schedule here at Memphis is even though as disastrous as it seemed during that during that four game losing streak by having a strong schedule. They have a strong non-conference schedule. The, this week can erase a lot of the damage they did if they can back up this Alabama win with a Tennessee win.
1: Yeah, speaking of uh, that strong schedule, one last, one last net note. Uh, Iowa State is 17th in the net.
0: So that's a quad one loss. What's, what's Georgia right now?
1: Give me two seconds to control F this thing. Um Georgia's 181.
0: Yeah, see that's a bad one. And then what's Murray State's old-
1: 48. What? Murray State is 48.
0: Okay. So that is a quad two loss right now. And, and, that's good.
1: And Ole Miss is 165. So so as we sit here today, obviously things could change. Uh uh Memphis is two and one in quad one. 1 and 1 in quad 2, 1 and 2 quad 3, 2 and 0 oh quad 4.
0: Yeah. So if you get two quad if you get another you if you get another quad 1 win on Saturday, you kind of erase a lot of the damage you did to yourself with those quad 2 lo- quad 3 losses.
1: Yeah, big so. opportunity.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh it feels like everything one it's amazing how one top 10 win, first top 10 win since 2014. Not again! Not a coincidence that the last year Memphis made the NCAA tournament, but how one win can get you back on track. Um, one big win can get you get you feeling like you're back on track at least. So, should be uh, an exciting weekend in Nashville. Jason and I will be there, chronicling all the action for the Commercial Appeal. Make sure you're checking out CommercialAppeal.com for all of our coverage. Till next week. I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Uh, Have a good rest of the week, and we'll see you in Nashville.
1: The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of The Commercial Appeal.